We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome back to another episode of the LakersNation.com podcast. Today, we've got a special guest. I know you guys have all been watching the show, Winning Time, over on HBO. We've got Spencer Garrett, who's playing Chick Hearn. Spencer, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Trevor. Pleasure to be here, man. Happy Friday. Yes, yes. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. And, uh, I mean, look, the Lakers have not been very good this season. It's been a rough season for, oh, for Lakers God. fans. We've we've been calling it the worst season in Lakers history in terms of, of relative to expectations. So winning time has given Lakers fans something to watch to remember some better days. It's um, true. I guess I just want to start with this. How did you become involved with, with the project winning time, of course, based on the book Showtime by Jeff Perlman, who's been on this, this program before, how did you get involved in this? Well, I, I've got to say Jeff Perlman actually had some, some great words of wisdom. I saw him, uh, I went down to his house in Laguna Niguel several weeks ago to watch one of the episodes, episode three. And I said, man, it's such a bummer that the Lakers are having such a dismal year, right when our show is rolling out and people are loving it. And they're really, you know, they're, they're really digging it. And he said, absolutely to the contrary. He said, this show is going to make people nostalgic for the, the glory days and how, and how great the Lakers were. And if anything, it will remind them about, how how wonderful it it was and make them forget about this dismal season so th there is that i guess absolutely Hopefully. yeah absolutely. it's, it's yeah. forgettable but i got involved with this uh, oddly enough two and a half years ago uh we shot the pilot about two and a half years ago it seems like a million years ago now with covid but i auditioned like like a lot of actors uh adam mckay uh i guess i was on his radar since he saw me in the last tarantino film and I played kind of an announcery guy in that. And um, I'd approached him at the premiere of Vice, uh, one of his great films a couple of years ago. I didn't know him and I went up to him and I said, hey, I'm a, I'm a fan and I just, I'd love to work with you one day, just like every actor would, would say to a, a great director. I just approached him and I said, you know, love, I love your stuff and you know, keep me in mind. And he said, oh, you've been on my radar. I'm, I'm aware, I know who you are and we're gonna work together one day. Cut to three years later, the Tarantino film comes out and uh, I get an audition uh, shortly thereafter for this great pilot. I'd heard that, you know, there was a Chick Hearn character and I just remember thinking, man, I would just crush this. 
And so I went into the audition and it was about 15 pages of dialogue. It was Chick Hearn essentially calling a game, uh, just nonstop, talking nonstop like he did for 41 years. And that was my audition. I went in there with like, a, I found an old polyester suit at a vintage st store and a wide tie. And I looked about as 1970s as I possibly could because I don't look anything like Chick. And uh, I went in and read and, uh, and a couple months later I got the call and it was just like, just the best possible call to get. And I instantly went into Chick Hearn homework land. I started watching YouTube videos and I grew up watching him. I grew up watching him, hearing him on the radio, going to games. So uh, it's just been a pleasure and a thrill to be able to play somebody so iconic. But yeah, I auditioned probably like, there was probably maybe a hundred actors that went in for this thing and I just got lucky. So now you, did you grow up as a, a Lakers fan? Absolutely. I grew okay. up in I grew up in Santa Monica. I was a Laker fan. I I kind of came of age around 14, 15, I guess, in 79 when the Showtime Lakers came into prominence when Magic came to L.A. And it was like going to games at the Forum was like going to a rock concert. It was Jerry Buss created this kind of Showtime vibe. And it was so much fun going to Laker games, especially like as a as a teenager. Uh, even before I could drive, my, my mom would drop me off at the forum with a couple of friends. We'd go see the games and then, uh, you know, and you'd see Jack Nicholson and celebrities and stars and the Laker girls dancing. And right. for a teenage kid, it was just like, I mean, just to be in that, in that building at that time with magic and Kareem and that team being built around the city of LA and just watching them explode was, uh, was just, a, just a, a, a gas. So does that have this doing the show that has got to have extra meaning or special meaning to you having oh, yeah. grown up in that in that era in that environment are there times when you're watching the show when you're just like yes we we nailed that that's exactly what this looked like the 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 cinematography is something that's so special i want to talk about it this uh, this this dp our our director of photography a guy named todd bonhazel uh created this look with it it looks like you're watching old vhs footage and old super eight mm -hmm. film footage it's so exquisite to look at and the second you turn on the tv and it kind of transports you it takes you back in into that time like watching old super eight video footage of of uh of the lakers back then so that's what's that's what's so kind of cool about it to me and the clothes and the cars and the hairdos and all of that they capture it all so beautifully the the, the team on this the production the production team uh, the production design, the wardrobes, the costumes, all of it is meant to kind of take you back into that time capsule. And I think it captures that. It does that beautifully. Well, and, and then to play Chick Hearn, I mean, this is a guy who, I mean, like my, my childhood, when I narrate my childhood, it's his voice, right? Because yeah. that's, what I, that's what I grew up with. Was it's hearing Chick Hearn and Ben Scully. Hearn. I mean, that's, that's, uh, those, those are the two guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. So for you, did that... Did that add to any kind of pressure on you to like really get this right? Because everybody knows Chick. Oh, yeah. like how, do, how do you approach that? Well, first of all, I found out right before we started shooting, I found out that my agent, uh, a guy named Harry Abrams, who has been around LA forever and ever, he was Chick's agent for 40 years. And when I got the gig and I called Harry and he said, I was Chick's agent. You want to meet his family? And oh, wow. like, like any actor, I, I was any, any, any chance, any excuse to, uh, to, to get close to the person that you're playing 
to get a sense of what they were like or hear stories or anecdotes. Mm -hmm. So I met Shannon Hearn, his granddaughter, and she met me uh, actually at a restaurant downtown close to the Staples Center one day. I was down there. I went down there to find Chick Hearn memorabilia in the in the in the shop there at the Staples Center, now the Crypto Center. Uh, and so I met with her and she brought me photos and scrapbooks and and she told me stories about her granddad. And so I felt early on a responsibility to really get him right um, and to honor him. And, and obviously I wanted to, I wanted to make sure that the family dug what I was doing as well. So, yeah, I mean, to get the mannerisms and the voice and all of that, I wanted to, I wanted to get it just perfect. So, so the family would be happy about it. I mean, he's, he's such an iconic figure in, in Lakers history. That's something that's got to be, I mean, it's got to be important. And, and the voice, like, how did, how did you prepare to, to try to do the, the there are, there are voice? hundreds of hours of, of YouTube video on him. Yeah. Interviews with him. Uh, there's footage of him interviewing magic and Kareem and Larry Bird mm -hmm. and Barkley. And I mean, all through the years and then lots of great kind of uh, B-roll stuff with him and Stu Lance. There's great clips of him and Riley and Keith Erickson. Uh, and so I just, I just did a deep dive and just listened to the voice over and over and over again. And I also had the luxury, I mean, we did it, I did a lot of that before we shot the pilot. Um, when the pilot, I was, I was in, Chick was in very little of the pilot. I had one scene where uh, he's calling uh, a summer league game when Magic, Magic, Magic plays in a summer league game for the first time and that's when uh the laker organization gets a sense of what he can do with the team that sequence unfortunately was cut from the pilot but that was the first time i had to really do reams of dialogue uh, watching the basketball players go up back and forth on the court so i really wanted to make sure i got that and so my breathing and all of that was just right because he could talk a blue streak non-stop for just for you know for minutes at a time um so i think i kind of tried to capture that and I got to the point where I would I would screen mirror a, a Laker game with Chick calling it on my on my television set turn the volume down and I would just start calling games as Chick as best I could because I got so familiar with all those players at the time in 7980 so I would turn the volume down and just do it as Chick Hearn in my house like a crazy person if my neighbors <laughs> neighbors in my apartment building heard I'm sure me, you know, magic to Kareem, Kareem down court to Cooper, you know, slam dance, Cooper loop, all of that. I, I, I'm sure, I'm sure they thought it was nuts, but that's uh, that's what I that's what I had to do to get ready. Well, if they're watching the series, then they know why. Now they know <laughs> they why. Know, I, I know told everybody. In, I told everybody in my apartment building to watch the show, so now they know what I was doing. <laughs> so there's been been some people who have been somewhat critical of of the series that have been talking about inaccuracies in terms of, of pumping up the volume on some characters. We've seen a lot of people say that, well, Jerry West, he's not really that angry in real life and, and all that sort of, sort of stuff. What do you, what do you think about that? I mean, we've certainly seen chick uh, so far where, where we're at, as far as what HBO has released, a lot of what right. we've seen from him is, is cutting off Pat Riley, limiting the words he's going to, he's going to say and all that kind of stuff in terms of the portrayal of, of these people, how do you respond to people who have been, been, I think I mean, all I can speak to, I, I did talk to Jeff Perlman who uh -huh. wrote that great book uh, and the whole fist hand thing. I mean, that yeah. was all, that was all accurate. Uh, uh -huh. He kind of mentored Pat Riley. Pat Riley was a guy, you know, after he won the championship in 72, he was kind of bumming around looking for his second act. 
and he came to Chick looking for a job and Chick did say, make me a demo tape and maybe you can be my color man. And uh, so that whole thing with uh, when I hold up my fist, stop talking when I hold up my hand and he kind of coaxed him and guided him and right. taught him how to be a, a color man, a side man. So that's all, that's all true. As far as the criticism of, of the, the, the way the writers have portrayed these guys, again, I just go back to, I go back to Jeff's book and I, these were people who were very much of their, of their time. Mm -hmm. Chickern was very much a throwback from a certain era. And so a lot of the salty language and inappropriate language that he uses is, is the way people spoke back then. And yeah. I think the writers captured it pretty accurately. I know there's criticism of it, but um, it, it was a different time. And a lot of, a lot of this anecdotal stuff, uh, I don't know a lot about the Jerry, I know I've heard about mm -hmm. the Jerry criticism, but, uh, and I know Magic is not thrilled. Um, and he's also creating his own documentary sort of to counter ours. But uh, this is all the stuff the stuff about Jerry, the stuff about Chick is all based in accurate reporting and sourcing. So I'm just going with the, what the writers write and, uh, and, and, and. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Relying on these terrific writers who are writing these great characters. It's not a documentary. We're not right. making a documentary. It is Adam McKay. So there is a sense of everything's a little bit heightened, a little bit exaggerated. And it's, it's a TV show. It's, it's, it's for entertainment. So uh, I, I would like to say, I wish everybody could just kind of take a deep breath and sit back and relax and watch it for what it is, which is an entertaining television show. Um, I don't know whether Mr. West would be able to do that, but I would hope so. Cause it's a, I think, I think Jason's portrayal is terrific and fun yeah. and over the top. Uh, and maybe Jerry wasn't like that, but, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun to watch. So, um, all I can speak to is that's, that's the, that's what the writers gave me to, to do. And that's what the writers gave Jason and some of these other characters to do. And they're doing, they're doing a, a bang up job of it, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's there was the the disclaimer at the beginning of the first episode that it's a dramatization, and then it's been the end of all the other episodes that it's a, it's not necessarily historically accurate to the letter of exactly what each person did. So correct, I, I think there's correct. that there's that understanding as as well. Every um, time we got a script, Trevor, every time every single time we got a new script of a new episode, the first page that you see it says some of this didn't actually happen. I mean, oh, okay. it's you know it's 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 heightened fiction um so 
it's dra- it's it's dramatized, but it's uh, some of it some of it is exaggerated and fictionalized, and uh, some of the names are changed to protect the innocent, as they used to say. Have you had any interaction with any of the? I mean, you you mentioned that you that you met with Chick Hearn's family, but have you had any interaction with with Magic or Kareem or, or Pat Riley or any? Have any of those guys become involved? Do they come by to watch any of the filming? Anything like that? Uh, no, I mean, other than uh, Nor- uh, Devon Nixon, who is Norm Nixon's son, uh, who plays his father on the yeah. show and plays him beautifully. Uh, Norm came to the when we were shooting the pilot. He came to watch the pilot. Um, by all accounts, he's he's entertained by it. He loves it. Uh, none of the other guys, certainly not Magic and Kareem. Rick Fox is one of the consultants on the show. Oh, okay. So Rick Foxy is uh, part of it. He does a pod. He does a uh, an after like uh, an after show, like like mm-hmm. the Talking Dead used to do. And he's got some of the cast members on to talk about their experiences on the show. So Rick Rick has been very involved from the very beginning as a kind of a creative consultant. He's terrific. And obviously like a, a guy who was there in the trenches and, and knows the stories and told me lots of Chick Hearn stories early on that, uh, that I, I, I can't repeat here because hopefully <laughs> they'll be in the show at some point. So with this show, obviously when I, when I look at it and I grew up in, I grew up in the eighties, I was born in 1982. Right. So when I watched, when I watched the show, it's a lot of kind of my earliest memories yeah. come back and you, you haven't hit that point in the timeline, but I look at things and I'm like, I remember things looking like that. I remember, remember things like that. And to me, it's a blast. What scenes have you done? I guess without revealing what we haven't seen yet, has there been any particular scene that you just look back and just say that particular, that one was so much fun to shoot? Well, all the basketball stuff, because there were days where I was sitting next to Adrian Brody as Pat Riley, Mm -hmm. and we would literally sit there. We'd have the cans on our, on our ears and they'd be covering all the basketball players. They recreated the forum in a soundstage in downtown LA. Uh, a lot of the green screen, a lot of the crowd is filled in in green screen, but we, we, on any given day, we would have 500 extras in the stands dressed in period outfits. Wow. And the guys, uh, the actors playing Magic and Kareem certainly are terrific basketball players themselves, but then you had basketball stand-ins. You had guys that were like really, really hardcore Couple of couple of ex globetrotters, a couple of mm-hmm. guys who played uh, played in the pros, semi pros, played in Italy and overseas, who were filling in as stand-ins for the other teams that the Lakers were playing. Uh, I think you're going to see tomorrow night, or Sunday night, you're going to see the Lakers play the Bulls. In episode six, they're playing the Clippers, and so a lot of the same guys came back and just switched uniforms from episode to episode. And we got to, I got to sit there with Adrian and watch a lot of great basketball being played. Cause these guys would, every move was choreographed. Uh, right. Quincy had to learn how to play and look and move like Magic Johnson. So watching his development and watching him run up and down the court mm-hmm. and pass like, like Magic uh, to, watch, uh, to watch Solomon Hughes do the sky hook like Kareem did it. Uh, I just got a chill just saying that just now, literally like just thrilling to watch. So I got part of my gig was I got to sit and watch a lot of great basketball being played for weeks on end. So that was a guest. I mean, just just as, as an actor, just to get to do that. And then they would flip the cameras around and do the coverage on us calling the games. So uh, there were 16 hour days and those guys just worked their butts off those ball players 
they would they just really just work themselves to you know to the bone and they just did an incredible job i mean no small feat hey can you're just going to learn how to pass like magic you're going to learn how to shoot kareem's skyhook the most iconic shot in basketball history no problem yep. <laughs> no, no big seriously deal. i mean and the, these <laughs> these cats really really put the work in i know when quincy talks about it a lot on on talk shows and things that he's been doing when he got hired when he got the job he uh, the producers said uh, you have to learn how to play and look and move like magic and rick fox gave him like a boot camp a basketball boot camp and he said to quincy i'm i'm my job is to make you throw up and he he made he made quincy do suicide drills running up and down the court and doing all the be, even before right when he got the job but then uh really put these guys to the test and they just work so hard. And so it, it, I think it shows, it shows on the screen, the hard work that they did shows on the screen because the basketball footage is, is really extraordinary. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's incredible. That's so far been uh, when I thought the show just absolutely connected to me was as soon as they got on the court and they started really playing and we got that, I went, Whoa, this is, it's right? like stepping back in time. It's, it's yeah. absolutely amazing. Um, I gotta ask in terms of process, how this works, were you actually like they're out there on the court? They're playing. They're then they're shooting their scenes. Were you calling that? Were you doing play by play as they were sometimes, doing that, or was that shot separately? Would it would that look like? It was shot, or they would shoot. There would be one day where uh, where the I would be sitting at the table with uh, with Riley or with Keith Erickson mm -hmm. uh, with the extras behind us, and the cameras would be on us doing our coverage. Uh, we'd be looking at nothing necessarily, but they would have all of Chick's dialogue and on, on sometimes on cue cards because I would mm -hmm. talk for 25 minutes straight and they, the camera, the, the cue cards would be on, on a dolly track going back and forth. And so I was following the action going back and forth and then they'd flip the cameras around and then we'd watch the basketball or sometimes vice versa. But there were entire days we were just on the, on the set, on the forum set on the basketball court and uh, there were some times where we'd actually be watching an actual basketball game and sometimes where it would, the cameras would be on my close-up, just, just on me, and we'd fill it in later. Okay, so I, that had never occurred to me that you've got, so you had moving cue cards and then they, they moved those in order to make it look like you were actually watching a game. They would actually put the cards on a dolly track That's going so back cool. and forth, up and down the length of the court. So when you see my head movements, when you see me moving, I'm actually watching, and they had, uh, they had sometimes basketball players, they would have a guy with a ball and he'd mm -hmm. just be running up and down the court behind the camera so I could follow a guy bouncing a ball. Um, or they would have Magic and Kareem throwing, a, uh, throwing an alley-oop to, to Kareem and Kareem's basketball double would be dunking the ball. So a lot of times if I said slam dunk, I'm actually watching a guy slam dunking the ball. So they wanted they wanted they wanted my actions to mirror the actions that were going on in the court. Very cool. And very a lot cool. of and a lot of just very cool movie magic thrown in there in between. So I mean, this this show, Lakers fans have been been loving it. It seems like it's been been doing really well. We've heard talk about a, a second season. What what is the future hold for for winning time? Where does this go from here? Uh, we're going back to work in, at the end of July, from what I understand. July twenty sixth, we're going up for season two. Uh, I've also heard that HBO has optioned Jeff's uh, second book about Jack and Kobe. Mm -hmm. uh, so I could be, I could be uh, 
saying the jello is jiggling for a, a, a long time, uh, which would suit me just fine. But yeah, we go, we go back season two at the end of July and I, not, I don't want to give the rest of season one away, sure. but obviously, you know, you know, who the Lakers play in 79. And mm -hmm. so that happens. Uh, and then we've already introduced Red Auerbach and that great little friction between Auerbach and Jerry Buss, who is played so beautifully by John C. Riley. He's just yeah. so much to watch this whole cast, man. It's just like showing up to work every day and, and turning to my right in the makeup trailer and seeing Sally Field or Adrian or John C. Riley. Just the cast is so incredible. Uh, uh, Tracy Letts, who plays Jack McKinney, who's a, a, a we have we're the only show probably in history that has two Pulitzer Prize winning playwrights as actors in our cast. I don't know if you knew that. I but, didn't know uh, that. Tracy Letts, uh, who plays McKinney, uh, won a Pulitzer Prize several years ago for a play called August Osage County. Yeah. Um, and actually in that play, uh, which was filmed as a as a movie with Meryl Streep, um, Julianne Nicholson, who plays uh, Cranny McKinney, was in that film as well. But Tracy won a Pulitzer for that. And then uh, another actor, playwright named Stephen Adley Girgis, uh, won a Pulitzer a couple of years ago, a major American playwright, and he plays Frank Mariani. He plays uh, Buss's accountant. Right, so, okay. Uh, so very cool. So yeah, so uh, we get to the end of season one and uh, and then we get into 1980-81. I mean, the book takes place between 79 and 85, 86, something like mm -hmm. that. So hopefully if we just keep crushing these episodes and people digging the show, hopefully we will get to tell the whole story of the book and, and hopefully beyond, who knows? But um, I, I love that people are loving the show so much. To me, each episode gets better and better and better. Uh, it's just, it, even if I wasn't in it, I would be, this would be my favorite show. Not yeah. just as a Laker fan, because I don't think you have to be a basketball fan or even a sports fan right. to love, to love this show. It's not just, it's not just for Laker fans and it's not just for sports fans because there's, you know, it, because it's Adam McKay, he talks about politics and race and class and all of that. And it's, basketball is just sort of a, a backdrop for all of it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Absolutely. There's a lot more interesting things going on than just the game. But of course, there is also that that connection if you are a, yeah. if you are a fan where you're just instantly yeah, like, sure. wow, this is, you know, so um, as we move into this, that you're going to have potentially potentially the Shaq and Kobe years, you've got the remainder of, of winning time plus coming back for a second season and, and all of that. I, I mean, you're gonna have to keep up on that that Chick Hearn voice because, because I got like you're gonna to be doing a lot of it. I, I've been doing a lot of it. I, I even do it just just for just for kicks, just to, just to practice it. Cause I've been, we wrapped the show in October. So I'm a little out of practice. So now that we're kind of inching towards going back to work in July, it's a, it's in a different register in my voice. And I tried to find that exact place where Chick's voice was. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to have to start uh, doing my homework again and getting back in into that headspace. I'm getting ready to go do a play uh, in New York for, for a couple of months 
and and the voice of that guy that I'm playing in the play is totally different. So uh, I'm going to have to put him put him aside and right. pull pull chick out of the drawer when we go back to work in July. So I've I've always wondered this just about about actors in general. You mentioned that you finished shooting in October. Now here we are. It's it's just started to come out. What is that waiting process like? Does it drive you crazy to have to wait that long for for you know for post production and all of that to happen, and then for it to finally get out when you know you've got something really cool? Well, waiting for the pickup uh, yeah. was kind of the uh, as Tom Petty said, the waiting is actually the hardest part <laughs> because we what did we premiered what uh, two months ago, a little over mm -hmm. two months ago, and I think we figured we would know something about a pickup by midway by you know but right around now i think episode four episode five something like that uh we would hear about a pickup so um i i i had hoped that people would respond to the show the way they have been and loving it enough that hbo would would give us a, another another shot to tell to keep telling the story so it's it's was been a little bit of a wait but i also think uh, those of us, we have regular cast dinners and get-togethers. Mm -hmm. uh, I sometimes I put together a dinner with some of the other castmates, and so you know a lot of the chatter is, "Are we getting picked up? Are we getting picked up? What's going?" And uh, I, I think I think once the the kind of the vibe was in the air a few weeks ago that the numbers were good and people were liking it, that uh, that we would we'd have another chance to tell the story going forward. So it, it was a little bit of a wait, but. Um, Listen, I'm, I've been an actor for 35 years, so waiting is uh, it's it's part of the it's part of the gig. Uh, I've, I've spent a lot of time waiting to find out about getting jobs, waiting to find out about a job that I'm not going to get. So this was just uh, this was just another uh, test of my patience. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad the news was good. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when we certainly all are. I mean, like I said, this has been it's been a rough season for Lakers fans. It's been really great to, yeah. be able to, to jump into this show. And watch some some better times. Can I ask um, you a question? Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, you are you're super dialed into Laker world and Laker land and all of that. I feel like I thought Vogel really got a bum rap. I feel like um, I don't know. I mean, he won a championship two years ago. Should should do you feel like he he should be uh, given a pink slip or? What's your what's your take on it? Yeah, I mean, we've been we've been saying for a while now on our shows that that Frank Vogel he was given a team that didn't really fit his skill set as a coach, being a yeah. defense first guy, and so that was certainly an an issue. He wasn't perfect this season, but I think if you're looking to point point blame in any particular direction, Vogel deserves some, just like a lot of people do that that have been involved with, with what's happened. But yeah, I didn't think that uh, that it was all on him or anything, or that by swapping out the head coach, you would have changed the outcome. Right. Um, I think the Lakers had already made the decision though before the season started that oh, really? they were probably going to start looking elsewhere because they only gave him that one year extension, which is a, a pretty much a vote of non confidence in yeah. in terms yeah. of a, a, of a coach. So that was a tough spot for him to be in. I empathize with him with him for sure, but I think he's going to pop up with uh, with another team. I think if he wants an assistant coaching job, he could probably have one next season. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him head coaching again at some point in the league. Yeah. I, I, it feels like this this team this season was kind of the island of misfit toys. You had yeah. so many injuries, and you know when when Davis was hurt, uh, somebody else tried to step up and they couldn't. Westbrook Westbrook had an uneven season, but I mean his stats were his stats were pretty good comparatively. Um, yeah, I mean he, he he actually had pretty good stats, but it was it was it was it felt like such a weird mixture of of 
playing styles and attitudes that it just it was just uh oh god I, I, I'm, I'm glad it's over i'm glad it's over because they're all so great so much talent so yeah. much talent on that team that's what's a bummer is that they couldn't they couldn't find a way to coalesce and with the injuries and everything else it just it, they just couldn't take it farther yeah it was it was certainly difficult to to watch this season i mean it was like you said, plenty of talent. You could see guys putting up stats, but just that the chemistry wasn't quite there on the court. They weren't weren't gelling in a way that they needed to, and of course weren't weren't able to produce uh, in, yeah. in the in the win column. So that was a, a problem all season long. And then the the game script of each game, it felt like we saw so many times the same old thing would happen where Lakers would be okay, and then suddenly the other team would go on a run. The Lakers would try to come back and not yeah. quite get there. Our fans started calling it the fake comeback. And that was uh, and that was a constant thing, and, uh, and, and so then you get that gut punch. Them. Them. And you know, if, you know, if Chick was if Chick was still around and he was calling the games, you know that he would call out the players uh-huh. on the air on his radio show. He, if somebody was not playing well, he would let them know it, and uh, and it would get back to them, and they would they would say, "Hey, Chick, what's the deal? Why why are you ragging on me on your show?" And he said, "Because I want to make you play better." And I mean, that's because he, that was his love for the team. Chick, Chick had a way of, uh, he wasn't just puffing them up all the time. I mean, he would, he would, he would call them out on, on a bad game. And hopefully that would make them rise to the occasion the next time around. I went to two games this year mm-hmm. and both games, uh, both games, uh, uh, LeBron dropped 50 points. Uh, wow. you know, and I thought, well, maybe I should, I, I, and I and I wore my Chick Current T-shirt, and I thought I should be coming to more games because obviously yeah. I'm a luck <laughs> That's uh, what it is. That was, was the problem, Spencer. That was they, the they problem. lost because you didn't go to enough games. Come on, I did not go to enough <laughs> games. I only went to two games, but the both games and the second one I went to, man, I mean the place was packed and there's Kanye and like celebrities there, mm-hmm. and it felt like the old days, going to going to the old Forum back in the '70s and '80s. And the buzz and the building was shaking and, you know, LeBron is doing the thing with the, with the talcum powder. And yeah. it's just, it just had that air of a championship night and he drops 50 and the place is rocking. And then the next night they lose to the Grizzlies by 20 or something. It was just like, just nuts. And so I thought, okay, well, I clearly, I got to get HBO to get more tickets for me. Uh, because <laughs> yep. <laughs> but I, uh, we got to plan that for next season then we need you at every home game we've got we to make, home, make this happen because clearly that's what it was <laughs> if you're listening hbo uh try to hook me up next season please and thank you yes yeah, yeah we, we'll uh we'll start a campaign and uh and get behind that oh man well spencer i want to thank you so much for for coming on here truly Thanks, appreciate Trevor. it and and what else i know you do you do a lot more than just play chick hearn what else do you do. Have, have coming up uh, I got another movie coming out in the summer. Uh, it's called Blonde. It's uh, it's about Marilyn Monroe, and it's with uh, the great uh, actress Ana de Armas from Knives Out and a lot of other things. She plays Marilyn. Uh, Adrian Brody's in that. Uh, Bobby Cannavale, uh, a terrific cast. Um, I can't tell you who I play because it would be too much of a giveaway, but it's a terrific film direct- directed by Andrew Dominic, who did Killing Them Softly with Brad Pitt and... Uh, the assassination of Jesse James, also with Brad Pitt, Casey Affleck, great, great director, uh, terrific film. I'm looking forward to seeing that. And then I'm uh, I'm getting ready to go do a play uh, directed by Jason Alexander from Seinfeld, directing me in a play called Windfall. Going to go do that at a lovely uh, theater in Sag Harbor out and uh, out in the Hamptons for a couple couple months in the summer. First time on stage in about ten years, so I'm looking forward to that. And uh, and that's it. And just getting ready to get back into chick mode 
in July. It will be here before you know it. And um, uh, I'll be, I'm sure I'll be doing like the hair and makeup tests. Obviously, mm -hmm. I don't look like this on the show. So all of the prosthetic work and all of that and the hair and all that is going to be going to get back into finding his look and his uh, and his uh, aesthetic for season two. And I can't wait for that. It'll be it'll be here really quickly. So I'm just going to enjoy the spring and and the summer and do this play and can't can't get wait. Can't wait to get back to work at the forum. Yes. Yeah. We, we can't wait to see how this all plays out through the remainder of the, of the season here on, on HBO. They can't wait for, for the next one to come. That, that's fantastic news Me too. that we get, that we get part two coming up here. For and sure. uh, Spencer, th thank you so much for coming on here. Really enjoyed this conversation. Enjoyed talking to you about, about all of this. Um, yeah, this has been fantastic. Thank you, Trevor. I appreciate your time, man. Thanks so much. And Lakers Nation, make sure you guys do subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Make sure you turn on those notifications as well. And then follow us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.